Hello, my brothers and sisters in Christ. How are you today? You're listening to St. Mark and Bemidji's podcast, a devotion that invites you in even after you've been ice fishing on the lake for a week. There's never a bad time to study God's Word. The sun is setting, and soon night will come when no one will be able to work. This is the perfect time to think on what God wants you to know about life, the afterlife, and everything in between. Thanks for stopping in today. Life gets pretty complicated pretty quickly, doesn't it? We start out with the best of intentions, and before we know it, we're saddled with a dozen different tasks that we collect along the way, and that's before we even mess things up with our own sinfulness. Today we get to listen to a different meditation on the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. It's based upon a reading from chapter 4 of the Gospel as recorded by John, verses 4 through 7. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? So pour yourself another cup of joe, and sit next to me, at the imaginary fire, while we listen to Pastor Allard from Sioux City meditate on God's Word today. If any of us has ever struggled with the ability, or maybe I should say inability, to share a Christian faith. If any of us has ever had that struggle, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe that's all of us. If you've ever struggled to share your faith, then this gospel lesson right here in front of us, we are going to learn that exact thing from the Master. And watch how he does it. Today, let's look at Jesus as he has this encounter at Jacob's well with the Samaritan woman to help us to learn to be ever ready for those who aren't. It was so simple. You just heard it. Can I have a drink of water? Jesus, just some guy sitting at the well, some stranger. Who is this guy? And he's kind of creeping me out. Would you blame the Samaritan woman for thinking that way? A very mundane, everyday thing. And then Jesus moves from the water that she could offer him to the water that he could offer her. And I quote, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I will give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now, if this woman caught that or really listened to that, you get the feeling she didn't. But if she really listened to what Jesus just said, who are you? Eternal life might be an appropriate response. But did you hear the transition that Jesus made as he built the bridge from the mundane, everyday conversations of life to the spiritual realm? It was so smooth, she missed it. I'm quite certain this woman missed it because of how she responds. She says, well, give me some of this water so I'll never get thirsty again. That sounds wonderful. Great. Almost mocking, perhaps. Give me some of this water so I'll never have to come back to this well again. Jesus then moved. 
from her need to draw water every day to greater need. Her need to be right with God. Now, today, I don't want to feel sorry for ourselves in this particular time. But there is pressure on Christian parents, uh, on preachers, on Christians as a whole, to not confront the sin of living together. Why? The logic is sound from the unbelieving world's point of view. Being married today is almost kind of being the weirdo. Or staying married even more weird. Right? So there's this pressure. But Jesus did. Now, if we as a congregation wanted to give Jesus some pointers about how to do an outreach call, I know the idea of we giving pointers to God, but we might say, you know, Jesus, you might not want to lead off with this subject when you're doing outreach. It might not come across very well. But Jesus did. And he says, purposefully, go call your husband. And the response I have no husband. He says, you're right in saying you have no husband. You have had five husbands, and the man you're with now was not and is not your husband. And if Jesus did not have this woman's attention before, he certainly had it now. She says, I can see that you are a prophet. Give this woman credit, right? Some people would be ticked off and just leave or tell them, get lost, I'm getting my water. What does she say? You're a prophet. Now, before we look at Jesus' response, stop. Take a look at and listen to what Jesus just did and apply it to our own lives. Notice Jesus didn't spend all of his time talking about water. He didn't do that. He didn't spend his time talking about the weather, talking about that corrupt, evil, foreign Roman government, because that's got to be a nice subject that everybody enjoyed talking about. He didn't do that. Or whatever the equivalent of the Green Bay Packers is in those days. He didn't do that. He didn't stay on it. He transitioned to the spiritual need. If we are going to share our faith with somebody, sooner or later, we will do this. It's just the way it is. The question is, how? There are a number of ways, but the easiest is this, because it's an, not just a national pastime, it's a global pastime, complaining. If somebody is complaining about or talking about all the bad things that have been happening to them, you might ask, ever, I don't know, prayed to God about any of this stuff? Or more pointedly, why, why would God listen to your prayer? Well, the darkness in us says, you, you can't talk to people about this stuff. You can't do that. Why not? I know a particular pastor who, when he does outreach calls, I don't do this, but he does the hard sell. When people say, I'm not interested, he'll say, why not? Because I'm just not. Why not? He'll actually do that. I don't. So I'm not saying there's one right way here. But why can't we ask this? A question like that will very quickly lead to a discussion of what God owes us as opposed to what he gives to us in Christ. Or maybe if you're talking to someone for the first time and the last time, what I mean by that is you're talking to somebody like at an airport and you got hours to kill. Have you ever experienced that kind of thing? You got all kinds of time. 
So the questions are there, and you're talking about where they were born, what the what their parents were like, what, what living in that state or whatever part of the world was like. Oh, and you know, now that you're talking about your parents, did, did they raise you? Were you in a church-going family? How was that? How was your spiritual life? You can't ask that kind of stuff. Again, I give the question back, why not? Yeah, you can. Obviously, if you're talking to a violent person or an unstable person, there's a lot of stuff you will not talk about with them. Not just Jesus. But if you're not talking with that kind of person, with the majority of people even, you can. The worst they'll say is, no, nah, I don't talk about that stuff. And if you wanted, you could say, why not? One of the most common ways, though, to transition from the spiritual to the physical is to ask, and some of you have this question memorized by heart, even though it's not scripture, it's, if you were to die tonight, do you know? Use that word, no, where you would go. Or if you go to heaven, why would God let you in? The reason those questions are excellent is because they get right to the heart of the matter of that person thinking, where do I stand with God? It gets them thinking about their own mortality. Death is real. That's right. I keep trying to ignore it, but it is coming. And it makes them wonder, is there a God? Do I have what it takes to get into heaven? And if it's that question, it's those kind of questions that you ask to purposefully create uncomfortableness, doubt in their hearts. Just as Jesus asked a specific question to create discomfort, we ask this question to get people going, maybe everything's not okay. By the way, I don't exempt from this those who might say, yeah, I do have a relationship with God. I go to such and such church. And you might find they believe in the whole grace thing. Yep, I'm saved only by what Jesus did. And that's a good conversation too. And guess what? People who are in earshot hear two people talking about that, however briefly. But it's that feeling of discomfort by design that gives you the ability to go to the next step. You built the bridge from the mundane to the spiritual by talking about everyday stuff. And that's important, by the way. But then you point them to Jesus. Is this too simple? Isn't that what Jesus himself did? The creator of all human minds and all human language and all the ability we have to put a point out and speak it into the world and it makes sense. The God who designed that ability, all he did was point her to himself. That's it. And after Jesus convicts this woman because of her situation at home, what does he do? It's not what he did. It's what she did. She tried to distract Jesus from that uncomfortable subject. And she gets into what might be good fighting words, a great distraction. Hey, hey, what about that whole thing about, we know we worship here and this is the right place, right here on this mountain. You worship in Jerusalem. What do you think about that? Let's fight about it. But Jesus didn't take the bait. She says that. But Jesus says, he continues right on and says, where you worship is not nearly as important as who you worship and how you worship. From the heart. Worshiping from a repentant heart. So the distraction failed. And Jesus was making the simple point then, salvation is from the Jews. 
and will always to this day be not from America, from the Jews. And the woman says, yes, this is again to her credit. I know Messiah is coming. And that when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And those words then that Jesus replied with must have knocked this woman over when he said, I am he. You. Coming now. Why to me? Can you imagine? As this woman's eyes went wide. Do you see what Jesus was doing? He was pointing to himself as the ultimate solution to her problem. He's saying, I'm the answer to all and any questions you might ever have. I have come to free you from the guilt of all of your sin. Not just the sin of what's going on at home right now. All of it. And in that solution. To give you the reason to change. Because dear friends, dear sisters and brothers in the faith, what other reason in this world do any of us have to change anything in our life except Jesus Christ and him crucified? Isn't that what Christian evangelism is? Isn't that what it's all about? Is pointing people to Jesus. It's not who we are. And what wonderful lives we have led when we witness, my God, thank you that it's not about our own lives. It's not who we are. It's Jesus, his love for us. His forgiveness for us, his life for ours. He's the one who so fundamentally changes our lives that now we want to live holy lives. Even though we know as we do it, it's going to be imperfect. And yet we have such a desire, knowing it's going to be imperfect, to still try until the day we are made completely holy in the kingdom that is coming. As you think about the purpose of your life, what a fun thing to think about. It's often not comfortable as we stew on the subject of what is the purpose I have been put here on this planet for? As we think about what has he done for me, Jesus, for me personally, ask God this. Open my eyes to see the opportunities, the next opportunity you put in my life to speak and point to you, Jesus, in that person's life. And if you still need some help doing that, then invite that person here. May God give us all the words to speak and the audacity to act. Amen. That's all there is for today. There isn't any more for this podcast. But if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, you might consider subscribing to the podcast and you will get content four times weekly in your favorite podcast app with no further effort. Additionally, you might consider sharing it with a friend. Each and every podcast has a share link in its description, which can be found in the same podcast app you're listening to right now. Let me know if you can't find it, or if you just want to say hello by emailing me at john.kirk at stmarkbemidji.org. Share God's word and share the light of the world. I also want to take this opportunity to invite you to church with us. Each and every week, we have two church services in Bemidji, Minnesota at 2220 Ann Street on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 1030 a.m. Additionally, we have a completely free cup of coffee that comes with a complimentary Bible study at 915 a.m. Each and every Bible study is led by a certified and college-educated minister. Or maybe you live in Walker, Minnesota, 
On the second and fourth Monday of every month, we also have church services there at 1100 Minnesota Avenue West at 7 p.m. Come as you are, and I hope to see you soon. If you have more questions or you want more information about our ministry, check out our website at www.stmarkbemidji.org. Have a blessed rest of your day.